Okay, so we're in Perik Dalad, Pasuk Yud Zayin. So we, well, we should read it together with Pasuk Tez Zayin that came right before this. So we said back then that these bad people, again, the two bad players that we're talking about mm-hmm. are the Russia and the, the one that does Ra, and we said the difference was Russia is someone does bad things being Adam Lumakum. Mm-hmm. Uh, the archetype of which would be um, <clears throat> new for Gilu Arias uh, doing uh, sexual perversion in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Whereas we said that the uh, the ones that are raw that do bad things to other people, that is. Um, you know, theft or robbery or things like that. Okay, so we said that both of those are gonna have difficulties, uh, are gonna be lacking in sleep, but for two different reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Back in Tazayin, ki lo yishnu, im lo yoreu. So they won't, they they can't sleep. They have difficulty sleeping if they don't do bad things to other people, in other words, steal their money or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the other people, the, the ones that are involved in lust of uh, uh, <clears throat> intimate promiscuity, are that their sleep is stolen, uh, which means that they, in other words, they steal from the sleep of the night and they, pay, you know, instead they sleep during the day, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, so now we're continuing in that, in that theme. So again, the person plotting to do, you know, to, to cheat his business partners or whatever it is, he's not doing that at night, but he's plotting to do it at night, laying awake, thinking about it. Whereas the person who is doing all sorts of deviant activities for, for lost purposes, He's actually busy at night and he's sleeping in the morning. Right. So, having said that, ki lachmu lechem resha, because they, because eventually, finally, when they do get to sleep, right, they will feast, they will eat a bread of, of resha, of evil, which, Badness. right, which again means the bin adam lemakam of sexual promiscuity, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and that's called bread. Like we know Rashi brings that when Yosef is being seduced by Aisha's Potiphar, mm-hmm. so he says, how can I do this to Potiphar, my master, right? That he's not withheld from me anything but his bread. His bread being his wife. Bread being his wife. Exactly. So it's something that the man consumes, that he gives him a chius, he lives off of it, mm. etc. So that's what you see over there, as well as other places, that, uh, that, that, that that's the appropriate description for bread. Okay, so... When the pastor continues, v'yayim chamosim, and wine of Hamas is a form of robbery. Mm-hmm. 
right? Yishtu, they drink. So again, the, these people, because they eat bread of evil and they drink wine of robbery, that's why they have difficulty sleeping. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? So the goal explains there's two different reasons why someone who, um, if someone who lacks bread can't sleep, that's different than someone who lacks wine that can't sleep, which is someone who lacks bread, they are hungry. A hungry person cannot sleep. That is a known fact, right? A hungry person is kept awake with hunger pain, pains, etc. Whereas a person who wants wine, it's not that he can't sleep, but he has difficulty sleeping. If he were to sleep, drink a little bit of wine, he would sleep much better. Mm-hmm. So two, again, the bread represents the involvement in the person's lusts. So that, you know, physical pleasures, right? So that, while that's happening, he cannot sleep. Right, that makes sense. Right? Whereas the other person, it's not that he can't, the, the, the one that's plotting to, you know, defraud his business partners, he could sleep, but he has difficulty sleeping. Unless he actually successfully defrauds them, in which case he sleeps like a baby. But now he's finally, <laughs> he's, well, say he's got his whole plan, it's like, ah, uh, like tomorrow he's gonna spring the trap and he's gonna get his, lock out his partner from the whole business, and <laughs> like, he's like, ah. And then he goes to sleep, <laughs> like, yeah. everything is set right. up. He's so happy, he's just like, He's about to steal that money, right? Until, yeah. like, the next time he has to steal it. Oh, yeah, it's a different story already. But <laughs> right now, it's like he drank his bottle of wine, of, of uh, robbery wine. Yeah. And now, um, okay, so that is, that's these uh, two Yetzirahars. Okay. Pasuk Yud Ches, 18. The Orach Tzadikim or Noga, whereas the straight and narrow path of Sadikim shines like a light. Holich, yeah, Holich, the or ad nachon hayom. And it goes and illuminates until. It's full-blown day. So, says the Gon. So, first of all, notice that here the way of a tzaddik is called an orach, which is a narrow, I, I said straight and narrow, right? Mm-hmm. So, that uh, it is narrow, but it is straight, unlike a nesiv or something which is windy. Mm-hmm. So to, to be a tzaddik is difficult, it's challenging. You have to be, like we're learning in Mishul Sharm, right? So uh, in, in, in the 11th parak, so he goes through Nikius, cleanliness from any thievery. And it's very, very, person has to be very exacting with himself to make sure to not steal, like we mentioned, stealing time from your employer, stealing office supplies. You know, taking certain uh, perks or benefits or, or whatever it is that uh, that really 
persons not meant to be taking uh, sick days or, or whatever. Uh, it, it's hard. It's it's a it's a it's a narrow path. Yeah. Um, now, but it shines like a light. That's the beginning of the days when the light just begins to shine like a beam of light. It's you know it's a straight and narrow like a beam of light. Mm -hmm. That's right in the beginning of the morning when the first beams of light shoot up from the from the eastern sky. And there, there's still plenty of darkness. Right? It's just one beam with like a lot of darkness all around. But then it it, it strengthens and keeps on going and until it's a fully bright day. Mm-hmm. Um, so here they're saying so too so too over here so the uh, it, it's it's you know initially starts out pretty challenging pretty narrow path one little beam to stay on that one beam right right like so and a person could even trip or fall off or whatever. But if you stay on that path, if you stay on that, that light will keep on getting bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger until the whole world is illuminated. You're not going to even consider, it's not even going to be like a, a, a Yetzirah to, to do any of these things. Right? So initially, if you're so tight, so constricting, so narrow, to travel on a, on a path of righteousness. All these people are going in all these different directions and they're doing all these, chasing after their lusts at night, or they're not chasing, but indulging in their lusts at night and the people that are chasing after their desires during the day, right? And in the meantime, here's the tzaddik and he's staying on the stage straight and narrow. Just one little beam surrounded by all this darkness. And the answer is, if you stay on it, it keeps broadening, broadening, gets bigger and bigger until the entire world is just light, just broad daylight, okay? Next passage, Derech Rishoyim Ka'afela, the Derech, which is the highway, the wide, big road of Rishoyim is like darkness. Lo yodu b'ma yikashelu, they don't even know what they're tripping up on. Mm. Yeah? Here we have the opposite. With the tzaddikim, where the, the initially their road is being described, the, their path is being described as being a straight and narrow, which is hard, hard to stay on that narrow road. With the Rishoyim, I'm like, oh, look, look at all the options, look at all the abilities, it's a, this wide highway road, I couldn't fall off of this thing even if I wanted to. I'm going to be successful, it's going to be so good, right? But the answer is, it's kafela. Means it's, it's darkness, right? They're not gonna. They don't even know what they're tripping over. because they're so deeply engrossed in averos that they that they trip themselves up. They, they they lose all awareness of what's good, what's not good. The guy destroys his own life, his marriage, his this. And once a person starts with these with these yitzharos. Right? It just leads them off the edge of a cliff. And they don't even know that they're tripping up. 
Right, it was like, like seemingly it should be so easy to be just a, just a, a simple, happy Russian. <laughs> but there's so many good options. You cheat a little bit here, do a little, everything. But they eventually, they, they, they go, they destroy their lives. Why? Because they're tripping, they're so engrossed in this nonsense that they don't even realize what they're doing that they're totally destroying themselves. Okay? Pasak Chaf. Bni Lidvarai Hakshiva. My son, to my words, pay attention. Laamarai Hat Aznachem. And to my utterings, incline your ear. So there is uh, the, the, the Dover, Dvarai, is literally my words, the things that I say. Amarai is the conversation I'm having, the, the, meaning the content of what I'm trying to convey, the, the deeper parts of, the, of what I'm saying. There is my words and there's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So. For example, Vayidabra Hashem Lemor. Hashem said the words, said, Hashem said these words, and he was saying the following message. Lemor, what is, one second. Lemor Rashi translates as being. the, and you should convey. Maybe, maybe uh, Lamor would be convey to convey would mm-hmm. be a good translation, right? So Hashem spoke to Moshe and told him to convey, say, and told him to convey to the Jewish people, mm-hmm. as Rashi says, right? Because to Moshe Rabbeinu, Hashem can just speak. He just tells him the words, and Moshe understands, right? But mm-hmm. to the Jewish people, Moshe needs to make sure to convey it, right? To actually explain what, you know, what, what the message here is. So to over here, okay. l- uh, listen to my words, that's the Torah as the Torah is, just Make sure to listen carefully to, what the, to the words of the Torah and incline your ear to what I'm really trying to tell you. Remember, uh, uh, I, we definitely spoke about it. I don't know if you were here or not. Uh, incline your ear is a higher level of understanding of what's being said. There's, you could listen carefully to someone, but to incline means I'm going to shift. This is back in very base, I believe. Uh, I'm going to leave my place where I am and I'm going to incline towards what you're... I'm going to try to understand what you're saying. Right? We all come in with certain premises of how the world works, of what goes, what doesn't go. And you could hear somebody really wise say something. You could be paying atten- close attention and it registers lo- loud and clear. But you're still where you are. And, and his words are over here. You know, a little bit away from you. 
You don't really necessarily agree with that, or you don't necessarily get that, you don't relate to that, right? So that's the second level then, is once you've heard clearly what's being said, the next level is now incline yourself to that, to try to understand it, try to open yourself up to hearing the truth of what's happening over there. Okay, and that's what so the Torah is telling us is first of all, of course, listen carefully. You know, my son, right? So the Torah is speaking to you as a as a beloved, you know, caring parent. Is first of all, listen carefully to what I'm saying, and second of all, incline your ear so you should understand the Amarai, my my what are we, my conveyance, meaning what I'm really trying to convey, try to get the message, the deeper meaning of the message. There's the words I'm saying, and there's the message that I'm conveying. Incline your ear to get that message. Okay. Um. Okay, so continuing to pause with Chafal. Al Yalizu. Let them not move away from your eyes. Shamreim besoch levavecha. And guard them inside your heart. So, what are we talking about here? Torah Shebeksav and Torah Shebaalpeh. Torah Shebeksav, the written Torah, you have to be looking at it. Right? So you have to spit in front of your eyes. And of course, the, with that which is in your heart, that's Torah Shabal Pet, that's the oral Torah, that's the part that we understand, even though it's not written. Now there is also the there's also the deeper parts of the Torah. I, I guess more, I should say. I wonder if the goal means. Yeah. The previous passage that we spoke about listening. So what kind of Torah do you listen to? Torah Shabbat Pet. That was the, that's the oral Torah. Mm-hmm. Then, don't let it move away from your eyes. What kind of Torah are you looking at? Torah Shabbat the written Torah. And now, guard them in your heart. What kind of Torah is that? The one that's in your heart? That's the secrets of the Torah. Now, the secret of the Torah doesn't have to be, you know, that it's a secret that somebody whispered to you that you're not allowed to tell anybody, right? But it means, it's the inner parts of the Torah, the, the, the depths of the Torah that, even to a certain extent, cannot be conveyed verbally to another Talmud, right? You, all you'll be able to convey back to your Talmud is what you heard from your Rebbe. But 
what you have in your heart is uniquely yours. You know, that connection to Hashem, that you know, deep, you know, understanding of things that can't be put into words. And that, uh, and that, that's why it's a secret. Okay, so that's in your heart. So there's the three. We have the ear, that's oral Torah. We have the eye, that's the written Torah. We have the heart, that's the inner Torah. And you know, like like the uh, like the Mishnah says, Mishnah Chagiga, that when it comes to the Torah, the secrets of the Torah, uh, the Rebbe doesn't say explicitly these things to his Talmud. Rather, he just he just talks about the idea. He hints regarding the idea, but really the Talmud uh, is meant to understand the thing from himself. So that's the that's this concept. It's in your heart, in your heart, and only in your heart. Okay. So and Now the Gon adds an extra layer of complexity over here. He says that both the oral and the written Torah have an inner, a hidden inner chamber of quote unquote the secrets of the Torah. Okay? Um, and that is, so that would be, like there's four, there's two, the written and the oral, and each one of them subdivides into two the outer and the inner, mm-hmm. or the secret, right? That's four altogether. So he says that's what we see in these two psukim, Pasachaf and Pasachafal. Pasachaf is talking about the oral Torah, which says, listen to my words carefully, that's just registering what your Rebbe said, that's the oral Torah. And then, incline your ear, that's where you discover the, the conveyance, like we said, right? The thing that the Rebbe is conveying, even though he's not saying, he's saying certain words, but but really he's speaking around, you know, uh, regarding a topic. But the thing itself that you're gonna have to understand by yourself. So that's the secrets of the oral Torah. And then our pastor Chafal is now talking about, you know, don't let it stray from your eyes. That's the written Torah, and guarded in your heart, those are the secrets of the written Torah. So it's not directly relaying it to like our days. This isn't that. No, this is, this is just talking external, internal, but recognizing that one is for Torah Shabbat and one is for Torah Shabbat. Uh-huh. Okay. Ki mm-hmm. heim because they are life to all that find them and to all of his flesh it's a healing 
Now, a person, just like the Torah, has an outer aspect and an inner aspect. So to a person, has an outer body and an inner soul. And of course, the, each part of the Torah lines up perfectly with the person. And the outer aspects of the Torah will uh, be healthy or will, will uh, be a healing for the body. And the inner aspects of the Torah will be, uh, will be good for the soul. Okay, so that's that's what it says. Kichayim heim lemotzeihem. So those are the secrets of the Torah, are a life to those that find them. So first of all, life is means the soul is getting energy, is getting life. Right, soul is what provides life for the body, of course. Mm -hmm. So the soul is being strengthened in that regard, right? And notice it says. Those that find them, those that find the Torah, why do you have to find it? You have to find the Torah. Isn't it just you read it, you learn it, or whatever it is? Answer is what? Is it the secrets of the Torah? You have to find them. Remember, your Rebbe can't tell it to you. He can hint this way and that and present some information and talk around the topic, but ultimately, you have to discover it for yourself, that relationship, that inner relationship, so if you find it, it'll be a life for your soul, for your net, for your, for your, for your neshama inside, whereas the more revealed part of the Torah, it doesn't have to be found, they just learn it, read it in the, in the, in the Chumash, or you hear it in the, in the Shear, that will be a healing to your flesh. Flesh means your body, your, your external part. So the external part of the Torah heals your body. So did you have healthier habits? Or is, is this no. like direct, like your body is healed? This is a, no, this is, is a against? unique spiritual property the Torah has. The Maral explains the reason is because the Torah is what? Is the order that Hashem put into the world. Yeah. This can connect with this, but it can't connect with that. You could wear linen, you could wear uh, wool, but linen and wool can't mix together. So it, you know, it, it, it's the perfect order for the entire existence. So now, when a body gets sick, why is the body getting sick? What is happening when the body is sick? Answer is pathology. Pathology means. Any, any, any sort of, no, bacteriology, pathology means disease, the study of disease. Yeah, like pathogens, right? Pathogens are things that, that carry disease, yeah. Oh, okay. So, but pathology is disease, study of disease. The basic definition of pathology is a break in the homeostasis of the body. Homeostasis means the balance, the balanced state of the body. And the body is in a perfect balance. Mm -hmm. Any, this is a medical definition. Any break in that balance is called a pathology. Mm -hmm. Disease. That's a disease. A disease is a break in the balance of the body. So if the body is not balanced, it's whack, it's, it's, 
it's uh, you know it's whacked out of balance, right? So then that's disease. Right, so how does one, too much of one whatever thing this thing too much, little, this yeah. thing is too much. So how does one restore that balance? The best way is to take the ultimate order of the world and to bring it into yourself, and that will order your body. That will organize your body properly. You know, it's like in the computer, you do you download the uh, the software again, right? It just kind of says, okay, you prog- this program is here, this program is there, this is how they distribute the resources or whatever, right? Well, so defrag the hard drive, you know, right. make sure it's all like... Exactly, everything yeah. is in its proper place. Yeah. So, so the Torah is the blueprint, is the blueprint. Blueprint of the world and blueprint for man. So if a person is sick, so you take that blueprint and you ingest it, can you overlay that over yourself, then things begin to move into their appropriate spots, click into their, you know, compartments, and that, that's called, that causes a healing of the body. But is that like a take-it-to-the-bank kind of healing? Or like, Absolutely. Because, like, you know, you still go to the doctor, presumably. It's not, you know, Doctors, oh, I'm sick, let me read some uh, Proverbs, now I'm healed. Like, is that... The, 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 that... the levels of power, how much power a person's Torah has, will of course vary on the spiritual level of the person. Ah, okay. So a higher spiritual level, a person can really like yeah. heal himself through. But if you're not there, you're not there. Then it'll do something. It'll empower your body. It'll strengthen your body, right? But uh, you know, it prob- might need to work in combination with some with some uh, doctor's efforts as well. Mm. Um, so, and then obviously the, the inner workings of the Torah will energize and empower the inner part of the person. That means the person of the Shama. Okay? Wow, really flying over here. Pasek Chav Gimel. Going for a record. Mikol Mishmar Nutsor Libacha from all guarding fortify your heart. Meaning all the guarding that you do, the most important thing is to guard your heart. Fortify the heart. Because from there comes out life. Hard being here, your desires or your intellect? Okay, Which hold on. Just first. Because I know just, sometimes hard means intellect. Okay, first let's just register like the simple meaning, right? Um, and then, then we'll move over to the to what it represents. Yeah? So, first of all, let's just register the simple meaning, the emotional and the analogy is if you're going out to battle, right? And you're going to be, of course, wearing armor. So, where do you need to put the armor? Well, you start here. On your chest. And then right? you add here. And then you put a helmet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? Uh, so, can, why? Because that's, that's where your life is coming from. Right? So, if a person gets hit in the heart, that's it. Right? Game over. Right. Okay, so says says the Gon over here. There are really four 
starts to matter. There's four places where it can be viewed as um, the start of man, which is the heart, the mouth, the eyes, and the body. Heart, mouth, heart, mouth, eyes, and body. So that's what it says from all the things that you guard. Even more so than precious jewels and pearls, you should guard your heart because that's where it all comes from. Second. Okay, so he's going to continue in the upcoming psukim discussing some of these other key features, right? Or, or whatever, like you, or your body is obviously sounds like that's the whole person. We'll talk about that, but for example, you see the next pasta, Kavdalud, right? So we're going to talk about the mouth. Then afterwards, we're going to talk about the eyes. Verse 25, right? Kavhei. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, and then finally, we can talk about the legs, which really kind of are representatives of the entire body. Uh, okay. That's the uh, Okay. But uh, that's uh, we'll talk about each one in its proper time. But the here we're identifying that the heart, being the source of a person's life and seemingly alluding to the things that are in the heart. What's in the heart? To show? Time, life, yes, but what, what? Yes, exactly. Right? So we're being told, guard that the most of everything. First of all, because they are the most elusive of everything. They're the ones that are the easiest to lose. A person, you know, starts doing some not very smart things, not very good things, diminishes in the monastery, learning or whatever it is, and they they fly away very quickly. You lose them. Because they're not concrete in the same sense that would be the written Torah or even the oral Torah. First of all, the good memory works hard. He can still attain a lot of the oral Torah that he learned, even if he's not himself so uh, holy anymore, right? But the secrets of the Torah will fly away very quickly. Okay? But the truth is, that's where your life is coming from. So that is the thing that a person should really be investing into. Into obviously building up and guarding, making sure it doesn't go anywhere. Right? The, the internality of your Yiddishkeit, of your, of your connection to Hashem, of your, the, the inner part of the things that are special to you, that are, that are really meaningful, that can't even be verbalized. Those things, is a person should fortify them more than anything else that he's in the guard. Because that's your life. That's where you live from. Amen.
Okay. Um, next pasuk. Haser mimcha ikshus pe. Remove from yourself a twistedness of the mouth. Lozus svasaim harchek mimcha. And a um, a uh, movement of the lips uh, distance from yourself. So, so the goal says the the the. the Slanting. That's it. Was there's in slanting, right, of a line or or a bending to the right or to the left bend. That's that's ikush, right. Whereas nalos, nalos is in. Again, let me just think about the English word. Crooked versus what's the difference? Crooked versus bent. Which, by the way, the goal is translating the laws over here is crooked. Bent uh, still has some sort of shape that it's bent into. Some truth and then the other one just flies? Yeah. Uh, I mean, if we think, if we're talking, we're talking, it could be like... Oh, oh, oh. Well, the, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what the goal, he's really working off of, of a POSIC back in, um, back in Perk Base, where he talks about there are two types of good paths. Or good roads, right? If you're, if you're building roads, or you're hoping to be traveling on good roads, so one, ideally you want a road that's straight. A straight road is a good road, nice, easy, straight road. You don't have to, you know, be yeah. twisting all the time and the, uh, complicated and taking a hundred turns, right? It's just it's straight, easy. On the other hand, sometimes, however, it's important to have a curved, curved road. Why? In case you need to go around a dangerous or bad obstacle, right? To keep the peace, to not drive into the swamp or whatever it is, right? And the Itzahara gets us on both of those, meaning a road that should be straight is made um, bent and a road that should be what was the word that I used? curved and the road that should be curved is made crooked which is on the contrary takes you into maybe yes into the swamp that's a deviation <laughs> from the proper curvature. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Uh-huh, I like that. So, so he's saying, there, okay, so, so there's the ikshusape. Ikshusape is the mouth is meant to speak straight. Yeah? And here is going to be bent. 
so there, there's two there's two things. There is uh, speaking evil can be in actual speech that you say, or it can be in your heart. In other words, uh, double talk, trickery, deceit, where where a person seems to be saying nice things but really um, saying bad things. Okay, so like this. Yeah, you know, imagine a guy like saying something really nasty, right? Really nasty. So his mouth is either like slanted down or like all of the corners go mm-hmm. go down, right? So it's, so it's bent, and he thinks we really nasty. That's that's the one. On the other hand, lips that are crooked, that are that are twisted. Twisted means you can't tell. It, it seems mm. you know, it, it, there's a, there's a deception happening. The lips is the part that's the, that's the deception. The you know, Someone who is a Russian, he talks about it more back there, also back in their base. He open, he talks with his mouth open. I hate you, I'm going to kill you. You're opening the mouth really big and clear, saying it clear. Whereas someone who is a, who is a trickster, who is a deceitful, he's looking to backstab you. He's going to be mumbling with those twisted lips. You know, the... the cartoon, and there would be... Somebody who's like the trickster always speaks like from the side of his mouth. Exactly, like a ventriloquist, you know. Right, because he's, he's, he's saying one thing, he means another. Exactly, talking out of the side of his mouth, right? Like a, talking out of the side of his mouth, right? Yeah, no, and as opposed to the Russian, he's going to be yelling right straight, you know, big open mouth, tongue sticking right out, you know, shooting at that arrow of the tongue straight at the, at the other person. Mm-hmm. Um... So that's that's uh, that's these two things. So again, so let's read the pasuk again. So make sure to not have this warped mouth, which is you know twisted into a growl, right, or bent into a frown or whatever it is, where you're being ag- aggressive and mean to somebody, mm-hmm. and that you shouldn't have these crooked lips. That they're, they're going to be tricking people, and no, notice over there it says harchek uh, mimcha, distance, because lying is something that's not. A, people are. It's such a dangerous game to play to lie. The person has to midvar sheker The person has to be stay really far away from deceit and lying, because it's such a slippery slope, right? Sfase halukos, right? Her 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 lips are slippery, slippery or what? It says one thing, but it really means means something else, right? The the person is really deceiving, but he sounds like he's saying nice things, but he's really deceiving. Whereas, so that's Hamad. Is, um, smooth. Yeah. Right. So, uh, and, and to a certain extent, what we're saying is that uh, the the better one, the Gon says this many times, the better one is worse than the 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 the, the, the better one is the worst of the two. 
which means the, the one that's openly evil, going around cursing people or insulting people or whatever it is, the person is aware, and other people are aware, that the person is a, is, is a Russian. Right. So they yeah. can at least guard themselves from it, right? But the deceitful one, the, the tricky one, the, the, the backstabbing one, that one is more dangerous. That's why distance yourself entirely from that, from that type of behavior and from a person who, who um, you know, would do such a thing. Okay, that's... Uh, also called Dal.